You're listening to Comedy Central. December 19, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show's The Yearly Show 2018 with Trevor Noah. Here's the Great show for you tonight. Thank you so much for coming out, everybody. Our guest tonight, co-host of The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the Goddess. Yeah, everybody. We're gonna be talking about his new book, Shook One, but first, this is our last show of 2018. We made it. We made it. And now, and now just, just so you guys know, uh, tomorrow was supposed to be our last show, but it turns out I have to get surgery uh, on my vocal cords tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you guys know I've been having voice problems, right? Well, the doctor said I need an operation on my cords, but it has to be tomorrow, because medically, the doctors don't wanna work on Friday. Uh, <laughs> but please, like, don't worry about me. It's gonna be like a very simple procedure. They're just gonna put a laser in my throat, and then gonna be like, bap, and then it's done. Or they're gonna be like, bap, and then be like, oh, sorry, I missed it, bap, again. And then be like, ah, bap, one more time. You gotta stop moving, man, bap, one more, and then. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna come back sounding normal, or I'm gonna come back sounding like Jared Kushner. Either way, <laughs> we're gonna laugh. So, since this is our final show of the year, it's time once again for us to take a step back from covering the news of the day and look back at everything that made 2018 the year we all wanna forget. And we'll start with the one guy who won't let us forget him. <laughs> President Donald J. Trump. Now look, now look, I'm not gonna lie. This year we spent so much time on Trump's evilness that we didn't really get to enjoy one of his most important characteristics. And that is, the dude is super weird. <laughs> no, like, seriously, guys. The president is a weird dude. We just never talk about it because it all happens under the evil, right? And when you think about it, a lot of evil guys, if you ignore the evil part, are also just, like, really weird, right? Like, a lot of supervillains, like the penguin in Batman. <laughs> if he wasn't always threatening Gotham, you'd just be like, hey, penguin, you're a weird dude. <laughs> like, what's with all the penguin shit anyway? Is it a sex thing? Was one of your parents a penguin? I mean, if I looked like a penguin, I wouldn't be leaning into it by wearing a tuxedo, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I'd wear, like, a different colored shirt, break it up with a belt or something. Well, Trump is the same way. So for a minute, we're not gonna pay attention to the bad things he does, right? We're just gonna enjoy how weird the president is. So let's take a moment to look back on 2018, the year in Trump being weird. <laughs> to truly enjoy how weird President Trump is, we have to listen to him speak. And not what he says, because that'll, that'll make you crazy, but how he says it. Because all politicians perform when they give a speech, but when Trump does it, it's like really weird. I want to congratulate the North Dakota State Bison. Canada. Nevada. Hispanic. Any Hispanic here? I think so. Any Asians? Asian, Asian, any Asian? Donald Trump's very, very large a brain. Knives, knives, knives. You know, the windmills. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Bing, that's the end of that one, though. The road is no longer a straight shot. It's now wah. <laughs> Keep America great, exclamation point. The Democrat Party is radical socialism, Venezuela, and open borders. 
What is that? To Venezuela. Like, he's speaking, and then all of a sudden, it's like Trump is a one-man barbershop quartet. <laughs> like, he should start his speeches, like, with a pitch pipe. He should just be like, Democrat socialism, Venezuela. Democrat socialism, Venezuela. That's why we gotta build a wall. But not a real wall. A series of artistically designed metal slats. The dude is weird. And here's another thing. Did you guys ever notice that whenever he's done using something, he just drops it on the ground? <laughs> like, he doesn't look for a place to put... He, here, take a look. Yeah, like I'm sorry, like, no, here's the thing, here's the thing. Like the umbrella, I can sort of get, right? The water bottle, that's quirky. But the microphone, that's just weird. He takes the mic and he's like, oh, I guess you just drop it. I mean, if the man with the silver tray is not here, you just drop it. And just randomly leaving things on the ground is gonna come back and bite him in the ass. Because if Trump ever has to run from the law, which he will have to, <laughs> Mueller can just follow his trail of objects wherever he's hiding. <laughs> Trump will be like, how did you find me? Be like, I just followed the trail of staples and umbrellas and NDAs. Oh, the stapler, I was looking for that. Thank you, there you go. <laughs> but here's the number one moment of Trump being weird in 2018. It happened in October. Right? When we were focusing on the Kavanaugh hearings, those were going on, people were protesting in the streets, so we couldn't enjoy the weirdness of this moment. Guys, watch this and tell me we are living in the real world. Yesterday while boarding mm -hmm. Air Force One in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. Commander-in-Chief climbing the stairs with what appears to be some toilet paper stuck to his shoe. At the top of the stairs, a wave to the crowds below. Trump then turns, and it seems like he was finally freed from the pesky piece of paper. People, the President of the United States got out of a limo and into Air Force One with toilet paper stuck on his shoe. Do you understand how weird this is? Because there's only two ways this could have happened, right? The first way is that President Trump wiped his butt in the limo, right? <laughs> Possible, but unlikely. But the other way is that the President of the United States got toilet paper stuck on his shoe in a bathroom, then walked past hundreds of people, Secret Service, White House aides, and no one said anything? No one? He's so weird that everyone saw it and they were like, that's probably his new thing. <laughs> but honestly, my favorite thing Donald Trump does that I enjoy when I'm not spending time being terrified is just like, I don't know, he just, he has a way with words. I know words, I had the best words. From the Wright brothers to that beautiful Orion space capsule. The federal government is conducting an aggressive investigation. To be the first president to stand with you here at the White House to address. The wall is under construction. A lot of work has been done. A lot of renovation, if you look at some of it. And he voted for Obama amnesty. By a sleazebag lawyer named Abiante. Assistant Secretary Jarr and Surgeon General Adams joining us from Al Jabbar Air Base in Kuwait is the Central Command crisp response and crisis response. We don't want you to put defensive missions and missiles. Significantly beating expectations in the House for the Midtown 
and midterm year. The op-ed published in the failing New York Times by an anonymous, really an anonymous, who were kidnapped by Boko Haram in April of 2014. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, 2018 was so insane. Every day felt 10 years long. For look at all the stories that you can't actually believe happened this year. Here's Desi Lydic and Jabuki Young-White. Thanks, Trevor. Jabuki, wasn't 2018 just a blur of crazy? Oh, I know. I mean, it lasted forever, and we had to drink a ton just to get through it. Mm. It was like a straight wedding. I know. Wait, but you had fun at my wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a story that feels like forever ago. Hawaii got a false nuclear missile alert. Wait, that was this year? Yeah, January. Those Hawaiians freaked the f out. How do Hawaiians even freak out? Do they just smash those tiny Zoe De Chanel guitars? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. Oh, okay. Wow. You know what else? Elon Musk shooting his car into space this year. What? Yeah. I bet even Elon Musk forgot that happened this year. Dude was stoned for most of 2018. Oh, <laughs> true, true. And no judgment. I've gotten so stoned that I thought, how fun would it be to shoot my car into space? Uh. <laughs> and then I got more stoned and I thought, how fun would it be to have a car? <laughs> it's like an Uber that you own, you know? Oh, here's another one, Stormy Daniels. Yes, that entire saga started 2K18. That's right, husbands all around America pretending that this was the year they first saw Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, and the Thai cave rescue this year. Mm, Trump calling Africa shithole countries this year. The 2016 elections, that was this year. Oh, God, it feels at least two years ago. Oh, the fall of the Berlin Wall, that was this year. Mm, also, Alexander Graham Bell inventing the telephone this year. Mm. Forget the iPhone XS, our boy AG changed the game back in April. Yeah. Back in January, there were still dinosaurs roaming the Earth. Remember that? Yeah, and then they all went extinct in March. Oh, yeah, right, the asteroid. Oh, my God, what a year. What Trevor? No more weed before shows. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the Daily Show, The Yellow Show. Don't go away. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show's Yearly Show. You know, we found a lot to laugh about in 2018 but it was also a year of outrage. And for a look back at the year in outrage, we turn now to Roy Wood Jr. and Ronnie Chang, everybody! Oh, oh man. From top to bottom, 2018 was a year filled with outrage everywhere you look, from cable news to Twitter to town halls. People were mad. In fact, I'm outraged right now. I'm so I'm angry! Quit interrupting me, I'm man. Sorry, sorry. So let's look at what pissed us off in 2018, starting with the Trump administration oh. and its policy of family separation. This administration has the nerve to not only lock kids in cages, but to lie about it every step of the way. Hey, Trump, I got a message for you. You want to lock kids in cages? How about you start with your own? How about that, Trump? Couldn't agree more, Roy. Couldn't agree more. Ooh. And here's another equally outrageous moment of 2018. Mm -hmm. The dress Meghan Markle wore at the royal wedding. <laughs> Whoever yeah. designed that piece of shit should be ashamed of themselves. Ooh. It was so boring. Mm -hmm. This was a royal wedding, not a snorrel wedding, mm -hmm. okay? When you're marrying a prince, you don't just grab a fitted sheet from TJ Maxx. Yeah. I know, I know. I don't, I don't really get why that made you so mad, but okay. 
I can roll with that. I can roll with that. I can roll with that. We all get outraged over different things. I'm so outraged. I'm living. I'm furious, bro. I'm furious. And here's something else that got me mad, Ronnie. There were 12 mass shootings in America this year. 12, but no new gun laws. None. <laughs> Romaine lettuce takes out one person. They shut down all the salads. But guns are as easy to get as chlamydia. <laughs> Lettuce, man, it's unbelievable. Oh, Our lawmakers aren't listening. They need to get their ears checked, just like those idiots who said they were hearing the word Yanni when we all knew the clip was saying yeah. horror. I mean, what the f Ronnie, that's not really on the same level as the issues that I'm discussing right now. I'm talking about gun violence. You're talking about some stupid meme. Stupid what meme? Yo, you're talking like a real Yanni right now. What the f is a Yanni? Just shut up, okay? Look, 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 dude, there were real issues this year. Real issues. Saudi Arabia murdered a Washington Post journalist, and our government is fine with it. How? Roy, How are you Roy, fine with Roy, that? Of course I'm outraged about that death. Just like I'm outraged about the death of the relationship of Justin Theroux and Jennifer Aniston. They were perfect together. I know you're with me on that one. No, I'm not. I'm not with you on that. Just shut up. Just shut up, please. Oh, my God, I'm not with you, man. Oh, man, this is some classic Yanni shit. Just shut up about Yanni. Who is Yanni? And I don't know who Yanni is. Stop bringing up Yanni. Ronnie, I came into this segment today because I thought that there was no way that I could feel more outraged than I feel right now. But you've proven me wrong, which brings me to my last outrage. People who get outraged about shit that doesn't matter. The world is on fire, Ronnie. Unplug from your computer, get off Twitter, and get out in the world and make a damn difference. Wow, Roy, that's fine. Uh, I also had a last outrage that uh, I didn't get to spend enough time with the people I care about. But uh, I guess, uh, I guess that wasn't outrage enough for you. <laughs> oh, Ronnie, Ronnie, come back. Ronnie, Ronnie, I'll be a Laurel. Ronnie, I'll be a Laurel. I'm sorry. Back to you, Trevor. Ronnie, come on, bro. Ronnie Chang, what with you and everybody? All right, let's. Let's, let's move on to hopefully a less emotional take on 2018. Please welcome our very own Michael Costa, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot, Trevor. You know, I'm a lot of things. Uh, a son, a brother, probably a father, but most importantly, <laughs> I'm a Michael. So for my year-end look back, I want to focus on all the tremendous news made by people named Michael. Yes. 2018 was a year dominated by the Michael community, from actor Michael B. Jordan, who blew everyone away in Black Panther, to Hurricane Michael, who blew everyone away, period. <laughs> but which Mike made the biggest spike? Well, let's find out with Michael Costa's Top Michaels of 2018. <laughs> Sponsored by Michaels. <laughs> Need a popsicle stick and some styrofoam in the shape of a cone or whatever, and you're also a hermit who hasn't heard of Amazon, then go to Michael's. <laughs> All right, coming in at number five, we've got Michael Wolf, who kicked off 2018 with fire and fury. His salacious Trump White House tell-all that was an instant bestseller, totally eclipsing my book, Costa's Rasta Pasta, <laughs> 10,000 Jamaican Spaghetti Recipes You Didn't Know You Needed, Man. At number four, it's world's most annoying lawyer and mobster caveman, Michael Avenatti. 
who made headlines representing adult film star and former Trump mistress Stormy Daniels. Now, despite never actually winning a case for his client, Michael A. spent 2018 making appearance after appearance pretty much anywhere that would have him. Avenatti started the year unknown and ended up on television all the time in what we TV professionals call a reverse Matt Lauer. <laughs> and the number three, Michael, it's the 1996 John Travolta classic, Michael. I watched it 45 times this year. And let me tell you, it does not hold up. In the number two spot slot, it's former Trump attorney, Michael Cohen. Yes, he's going to jail for three years, but he might also bring down a president. In my opinion, that would make him the Michael Jordan of Michaels. And that brings us to the moment we've all been waiting for, the Michael of the year. <clears throat> oh dang, my electric bill was very high this month. But uh, the top Michael of 2018 is Daily Show correspondent Michael Costa. <laughs> From his super viral year in Michael's segment to his beloved and sophisticated social commentary, Michael K. truly made 2018 his bitch. So here to present the best Michael Award or Emmy <laughs> is Netflix's own Trevor Noah, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Seriously? Yeah, come on. <laughs> you must be so proud. Oh, hell yeah, I am. Thank you so much, everybody. Well, thank you, Trevor. Thank you, everybody. I want to thank my, uh... Michael Cross, Michael Jackson. Jackson. We'll be right back. I want to thank Michael Johnson. Tonight is co-host of The Breakfast Club and a New York Times best-selling author whose latest book is called Shook One, Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me. Please welcome Charlemagne the God. Hey. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me again. Good to see you. The last time I saw you was in South Africa. Yes, Johannesburg. Was that your first time out there? That was my first time in South Africa, the first time on that continent, period. Are you serious? Absolutely. Did you kiss the ground and be like, I'm home? Um, no, but I, I, I felt that way. You yeah. Know? I felt a connection, you know what I mean? I felt like uh, I, was in, I was in the right body, you so to speak. You know what's interesting is I took that for granted until I lived in the U.S. for like three years, and then when I went home now, I was like, uh -huh. oh, now I, I see what that feeling is. Because black Americans used to tell me that when they'd come to South Africa, and I'd be like, really? Nah, I felt it. But no, you, you, there is a special feeling. Like, you, you, you had that as well? Yeah, and I think, it, I think it's two ways to feel, because um, my wife was telling me how she kind of felt like a disconnect only because it's a, it's a whole bunch of people that look like us, but they know their culture, they're speaking a different language. Wow. And she felt like she, she had been robbed, and I was like, baby, you were. Okay, <laughs> we, we all were, right, you know? Right. So it's, 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 it's a dual feeling. Some people feel disconnected, and then some of us feel like we're at home. But the beauty of it is you can always learn, right? You, you can, can learn what tribe you're from, you can learn your culture, you can learn your original language. You can, man. Yeah. And you, you, you're someone who's on a journey of learning right now. Yes. You know? Charlemagne is somebody many people may know as, you know, a face of hip-hop, a face of, you know, like, entertainment and what's happening in the world. But I feel like over the past few years, you've been on a journey 
of like evolving yourself as a human being. And that's what this book feels like, Shook One, Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me. This is a book about mental health. Yes, and it didn't, uh, I didn't intend for it to be a book about mental health. Like, you know, I was literally just keeping a journal of all my therapy sessions. So I was keeping a journal of things that, you know, give me anxiety now, things that have historically right. given me anxiety. And then, you know, when you're sitting in therapy, you just start unpacking all kind of stuff. So it just became the pages in this book. But sitting in therapy is not something that many black men would A, admit to, and B, want to be involved in. That's, 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 that's a movement that you've really been you know, at the forefront of, there's many, there's many black yes. men who've said in America, yo, I go to therapy now because of Charlemagne. Because Absolutely. you're in the community where for a long time it was like, yo, you do what? You go to therapy? And that's why I always say, you know, sometimes God allows things to happen to you so he can work through you. And that's why I think it's very important for us to always share our experiences. Right. Because they can help the next person. Like, for example, you know, my father, which I just found out over Thanksgiving, my father had been going to therapy two and three times a week. He tried to kill himself 30 years ago. Wow. He uh, has been on 10 to 12 different medications for his, and his, you his never, depression. you never issues. knew this? Never knew it, but he read my book, and that's when he decided to come have the conversation with me about it. So if he'd have told me about this years ago, then I would have known that it was tools and resources right, out there right, that right. could have helped me combat what I've been dealing with my whole life. Do you think that fundamentally hip-hop and its culture goes against ideas of, like, getting help and therapy and, like, the, like do you think there's a part of the culture itself that, that doesn't you know, speak to that or, you know, you know, it's like a frowned upon in a way? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I think that we lean on the wrong things. Like, it's a lot of self-medication. That's where the weed and the pills and the alcohol right. are involved. Or a lot of times, just as a black person, we, po we think that, like, pain is normal. You know, like, growing up in America, you think that a lot of things that we go through, the trauma, the pain, right, like, right, we're right. supposed to be going through that. But then when you kind of, like, transcend those circumstances and you're on the outside looking in, you're like, eh, a lot of things that we used to normalize or a lot of things that we used to go through aren't, aren't exactly right. normal. It's yeah. interesting in the, in the book, like, you, you've broken it down into different chapters that, that, that tackle specific issues, you know? Um, things like forget the FOMO, uh, being black annoyed is a reality, therapy is not embarrassing, getting help is your right, be confident in your own skin. And I was struck by a few things. I've always known Charlemagne is like one of the most confident people out there. Mm -hmm. You say things that have half of the internet coming after you. <laughs> like, I, every time I see you say something, I'm just like, That don't wow. mean I'm confident, I could just be stupid. Yeah, you I know? mean, <laughs> but stupidly confident sometimes yeah, is what I feel. True. You'll say things and I've literally, I've seen half the internet come after you. But in the book, you talk about how much anxiety that has created in your life. I never thought that that was an issue that you faced. And a lot of people get anxiety from the internet. Have you found tools that help people overcome that? I mean, you talk about it in the book, but what, what have you really found that, that works? Well, uh, therapy, number one, you know, and uh, number two, honestly, just um, thinking a little bit more before you tweet things out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some, things, some things can be avoided if you just ask your circle first of right. all. Like, I think our first instinct, sometimes we don't understand something, is just to run to the internet with it. Let me ask a couple of people that I trust, first of all, right. you know, what they think about this, and then I'll give my uh, opinion on it, on it later. It's interesting because you are a, uh, a friend and someone who has interviewed Kanye West, right? Yes. And what's been interesting this year is the journey that Kanye West has been on. We saw Kanye West come out and, you know, some people said he had stopped medication to start making music again. Yes, he and said he was, that. He was in the studio, right? And then, and then we started seeing Kanye the MAGA hat wearer. Kanye, like, you know, coming out and saying things about the world, you know. <clears throat> and, and, and everyone was like, oh, man, he's crazy, and made the jokes. And then Kanye came out and said, no, 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 I have mental health issues. Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, we, we can't make the jokes. Then he sat down with President Trump, and he was like, oh, I was misdiagnosed. I was misdiagnosed. I'm, I'm, I don't have bipolar. I don't have bipolar. Sleep deprivation. 
I don't yeah. have it. It's just sleep deprivation. Yeah. And it's like, wait, so we can make the jokes? And then the other day on Twitter, I saw, like, Ariana Grande went and said something, and then he's like, I have mental health issues. Yeah. But, like, there's an interesting world. I mean, may maybe you can speak on it where it feels like someone is using mental health as, like, a, like a buffer. Like, they, they go, like, I can do crazy things, and then if someone calls me out, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I've got mental health, so you can't say anything about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean this in the most brotherly, uh, you know, black man to black man way possible. Kanye West is full of shit, right? And... <laughs> and... And, and, and what I mean by that is exactly what you just said. You sat in the White House with Donald Trump and you said you didn't have bipolar. You right. misdiagnosed it with sleep deprivation. You're off your medication. You create better without it. But when you get into a rap feud with Drake, the only way you can combat Drake in any way, shape, or form is to weaponize mental health and say that Drake bullies people with mental health issues right. based off, you know, a couple bars that Drake give, gave Kid Cudi who suffers from mental health and now Drake, you know, coming at Kanye West. But to me, man, it has nothing to do with mental health. This is about sneakers. It's the fact that Drake is affecting your sneaker sales. Because, <laughs> no, because in the biggest song of the year... <laughs> and, in the biggest song of the year, which is Sicko Mode, right. you know, with Drake and Travis Scott, Drake says, uh, checks over stripes. Right. And then in another record with French Montana called No Style, he said, don't wear no 350s around me, which is uh, one of Kanye West's sneakers. Right. Kanye West's last couple of sneakers haven't really sold extremely well. Now, I can't chalk that all up to Drake. I'm going to chalk that up to some of the MAGA hat, too. But th the only way you can think to combat Drake is the weaponized mental health issues. That's whack, my brother. What That's would, lame. What would you hope that, that, that you could change in somebody's mind when they, when they read the book? I mean, because here's what's interesting about this book, is that I like that you haven't tried to present yourself as an expert. I'm not you, an expert at anything. Right, you, 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 you write... No, but you write about your experiences, and then you have a therapist who actually, like, basically has an addendum after each chapter... Dr. ...that Ish. breaks it down, like a real medical professional. So what would you hope that somebody takes away from reading this book, especially people who see mental health as like, ah, man, you crazy. Like, what, what, would you, what would you hope that they take away? I would hope that they take away the fact that it's okay to get help. It's okay to not be okay. I look at mental health the same way I look at physical health. You know, like, if, if you get a little chubby around the middle, which we all do during the winter, you're going to go work it out, you're going right. to go eat right. right. I think it's the same thing with your brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to watch what you put into your brain. You have therapists and psychiatrists that you can sit down and talk to and figure things out and work through these issues. So it's just okay to, to, to not be okay. And it's okay to say you're not okay. And if right. people think you're crazy, so what? You know what I'm saying? You know what's crazy? Not going to get help for it. Thank you so much for being on the show, my dude. Great having you back. Shook One, really different and interesting look at Charlemagne the God is available now. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.